because I, what I think is lost in this political war that we've been in for a number of years now is this polarizing um, fight across the aisle is that we lose sight of, listen, I, I believe, I think, you know, there's, there's individuals that may, you know, make this statement incorrect, but I believe that both sides want the best for our country. Yep. And genuinely, they want the best for the, everybody that is in this country. And they want the best for all, um, all that get to enjoy the greatest country. Everybody wants that. And that's getting lost. Like, there's different paths. There's different strategies. There's different thought processes, which is great, right? That's why we are who we are as a country. But when the other side demonizes the other because either they're ignorant or stupid – or the other side is you're too accepting morally you're you're lost like whatever it is like we're losing sight that the other side just wants our country to be the best that, that it possibly can be Have you ever wondered why there's so much divide between the left and the right, politically speaking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dumb question, right? Yeah. <laughs> what if I told you that the answer could be as simple as dopamine? Would you believe me? I'm going to I'm going to say I feel like there's other factors for sure that could play into it. Um I'm trying to be an extremist I'm, here. Hey, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> Go <laughs> ahead. Sensationalized speaking, I'm trying to trying to sell something. There's only one reason. I, I'm trying to sell something here. <laughs> I'm going to convince you today that dopamine is the cause okay. of our nation falling apart right now. Oh, all right. <laughs> How's that for a cliffhanger? So I if you're just joining not dopamine, but okay. <laughs> so if you're just joining us, we are going through a series. Last week was part one. Today's part two of a book called The Molecule of More, How a Single Chemical in Their Brain Drives Love, Sex, Creativity, and Will Determine the Fate of the Human Race. And this book is all about dopamine, different subsections of how dopamine's evolved. Today's section was very fascinating, especially given our current political climate. Yep. Uh, was all about politics and how dopamine plays a role in our political system um, and why, maybe why we're more divided than ever. Yeah. Um, give us kind of a reason for it. So uh, if you have ever wondered the difference between a liberal and conservative, again, I think it can be explained through this molecule of dopamine. So from the book, he says, liberals often refer to themselves as progressives a term that implies constant improvement. Progressives embrace change. They imagine a better future and in some cases even believe that the right combination of technology and public policy can, el can eliminate fundamental pr problems of the human condition such as poverty, ignorance, and war. Progressives are idealists who use dopamine to imagine a world far better than the one we live in today. Mm. That's interesting. The word conservative, on the other hand, implies maintaining the best of what we have inherited from those who have come before us. Conservatives are often suspicious of change. They don't like experts who try to advance civilization by telling them what to do, even when it's in their own best interest. Mm. 
Conservatives distrust the idealism of progressives, criticizing it as an impossible effort to build a perfect utopia, an effort that is more likely to lead to the totalitarianism in which the elite dominate all aspects of public and private life. Hmm. What do you think about those two definitions of conservative and liberal, libertarian? So uh, there's an episode of Yellowstone this last season. And uh, if you're familiar with the show, John Dutton announces that he's running for governor. And his speech to announce that he is running for governor is... 100% 100% in line with what that definition of conservative is, mm-hmm. right? He says, you know, these people want to come in and they want to talk about progress. They want about change. They want to take our land from us. He says, if that's what you want, don't vote for me because I am the antithesis of progress. Mm-hmm. I am progress's enemy. And thinking about it, like, I, I understand. I understand how the conservatives you know, the, the right aligned with that. Like, Hey, like we want, we want to continue to master the system that we've been in and created and we want to be better at it. Right. I don't think conservatives say, Hey, there's no changes that need to be made, but it's like, Hey, we know this system. We can just make this better. Whereas I, I feel like the progressive side, the left, they're very much like, no, 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 no. Like, we got to try this. We got to try that. We got to do this. We got to try that. Right? That's where the dopamine comes in. Yep. Whereas that higher level of dopamine is like, no, 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 that didn't work. Okay, let's try this. Let, let's try that. Oh, no, no, no. We need to fix that. So let's fix it this way. And it's like reinventing the wheel over mm-hmm. and over and over and always over again. Better. Right? So there's that, like, the idea is, all right, take one step back to go two steps forward. The problem is, I feel like dopamine, it hits, and do we get those two steps forward? Are we actually making that progress? Like, the progressives, like, the question is, is, like, how much progression are we actually making? Now, I would argue there has been significant progression, especially over the last... 60 years, 50 for years, sure. right? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's been a lot of progression in a lot of different ways. Um, but what's hard, what I have a hard time with in, in aligning more on the conservative side is that just because, just because it's in place doesn't mean that it needs to change. And that it's old school and that it's simple thinking. That's the problem. And I feel like the battle is, is like, oh, you're simple minded. You're simple. Like this has been in, this has been a policy for a hundred years. It should not, it should not be the same today as it was then. It's like, well, there's a reason that our founding fathers created the constitution the way that it is, the way that they did is because it was to remove themselves from mother England and to stop the tyranny that was happening and the overtaxation and all these things that were happening in the colonies. And the, there's fundamental principles that are morally still to this day, just as relevant as they were back then. Yeah. The, uh, the, the thing about it is think about though, those first colonizers yeah. dopamine drove them to a better life, 100%. to a life that was removed from authority. Yeah. Right. So they had a very liberal mentality of think about progressives yes. created this country. Exactly. And so when the progressives created the country yeah. and established the constitution and the way of life, 
Now, people that want to conserve that, conservatives, do everything they can to keep that status quo. Whereas progressives want to continue on, keep marching forward, keep seeing how we can innovate, seeing how we can improve. So we talked about this last week. Dopamine drives you to improvement. It drives you for more. Whereas the here and now chemicals, as this book refers to, oxytocin, serotonin, those things, allow you to enjoy. And so the chemical difference between a conservative and a liberal is somebody who wants to preserve, somebody who wants to enjoy, for lack of a better term, versus somebody who says, hey, guys, this is good, but we can be better. Yeah. We'll be happy when this is fixed. So I I don't want to demonize liberals because I think I do, based on these definitions, I think I do lean more towards the conservative mentality in most ways. But if you just narrow it down to these two definitions, there's really no right or wrong way to do Mm, it. It's both are trying to show some sort of improvement or or great way of thinking. It's just, we're going about it a little bit different way. And that's why the divide is so, so big because they're going about it the way they think is best. Mm -hmm. Conservatives are going about the way they think is best. Mm -hmm. And then you get this clash of opinion and methodology. Yeah. Even though we're both trying to get a, a better outcome yeah or at least conserve an outcome that we like yeah we're going about it a little bit different yeah and and that's a and that's a great point because what i think is lost in this political war that we've been in for a number of years now is this polarizing um fight across the aisle is that we lose sight of listen i i believe i think you know, there's there's individuals that may, you know, make this statement incorrect, but I believe that both sides want the best for our country, yep. and genuinely they want the best for the everybody that is in this country, and they want the best for all, um, all that get to enjoy the greatest country. Everybody wants that, and that's getting lost. Like there's different paths, there's different strategies there's different thought processes which is great right that's why we are who we are as a country but when the other side demonizes the other because either they're ignorant or stupid or the other side is you're too accepting morally you're you're lost like whatever it is like we're losing sight that the other side just wants our country to be the best that that it possibly can be yeah now again Politicians is debatable on what your yeah, motivation we'll get is into and the, all that. Yeah, we'll get into the pol- the actual politicians. Yeah. We're talking more the actual people. That's right. We'll get more of the politicians here in a second. But I think you're exactly right. The the loudest 10% get all the headlines, right? They get all the media yeah. attention, of course. It's it's more fun to talk about. It's it's more of a car wreck to, to witness. Yep. But the 90% of everybody else, you're right. Like the, the, the hardcore liberals that I know, quote-unquote hardcore liberals, they're great people that want better for people, for others. They're, they have great hearts. The people that I know personally, mm-hmm. they may go about it in a different way that I'm comfortable with going, yeah. Yep. but their heart is still the same of, Hey, there's people hurting and we need to help them. Yeah. I mean, whereas me as more of a conservative, mm-hmm. I have that same mentality. Hey, there's people hurting. We need to help them. But my way of getting there and helping them is going to look different than yeah. a person who with a bleeding heart and a, and a hardcore liberal. That's right. Because that dopamine is pushing them mm-hmm. to certain ways, right? They think that policy, they think a government should come in yeah. and mandate these things and, and write into law, and, mm-hmm. and that's how it should be accomplished. Whereas conservatives think, hey, leave us alone, let the people do it, Yeah. right? So 
end result is still the same. The goal is still the same, but going about it is different, yeah. which makes me now want to fight you, not fight you literally, but, yeah. but, but argue with you because you're going about it a different way that I don't agree mm-hmm. with. Yeah. And I mean, look, I mean, and I feel like you're kind of going there, but let's, let's take gun laws right now. Right. Is both sides recognize, okay, listen, like there are innocent kids and children around the country, not just Uvalde, not just, I mean, there was a shooting in Dallas yesterday at the airport, which would be a couple days ago when this airs, but there are shootings all over. Let's not forget about Southside Chicago. Let's not talk about some of these inner cities where there's shootings every single day. The conservatives don't want those shootings to happen. Right. And their solution is, okay, let's give, let's give the right to those that can legally and responsibly handle a firearm the opportunity to defend themselves. The other side is saying, look, we don't want these school shootings to happen. Let's take all the guns away. Mm-hmm. Two completely different paths on solving the same problem. Right. And so, again, let's not demonize the other side because oh, just because you believe different than me, that you're an idiot or you're stupid. How could that possibly? Well, listen, both sides have legitimate arguments, have very legitimate arguments. And if you actually sit down, I guarantee you, you'd say like, okay, I understand. Well, let me take that back. If you sat down with someone that is educated on that topic and knows what they're talking about, you'd say, okay, I understand it. Uh, The problem is, is we just have a bunch of sheep that hear something and what's the easiest way is this or because I align with that side or what's the easiest way I align with the other side. So I, I feel like it's this. Mm-hmm. I, and, and then also, too, that the other thing is it again, polarizing. I'm kind of going on tangents, but is understanding that people have different opinions because they have different experiences. Right. Tell me that a woman in her 30s who was who was mugged. Because and didn't have any way to defend herself is not going to is wrong for feeling like I, I want the right and ability right. to carry a firearm to protect myself. Right. Tell me that she's wrong. Mm-hmm. She had an experience that someone over here is saying ban all guns has never had. Right. So just understanding, look, people have different experiences that lead them to believe and believe something that may be different than you. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, and, and again, the abort, the whole abortion yeah. conversation. Yeah. Right, where you just use that example, think about the fringe example of a teenager who gets raped. Yeah. Right, of course they're going to believe in the ability to choose because they went through that traumatic experience. Whereas somebody who never did may not have that same perspective. Yeah. It's you. You would like, and our government was supposed to be set up this way. It's yeah. a group of wise men and women who think rationally, even though they disagree. They think rationally. They come together. Yeah. They decide together. Let's all work towards this. Now it's been. Over time, it's morphed into right versus left. Yeah. Let's fight against each other. It's not really worked together. Yeah. But the idea, the basic idea is a good idea of getting rational human beings together in person and let's talk this out. Yeah. And how can we maybe negotiate? How can we give a little bit? Mm-hmm. But, and again, we'll talk about that here in a second. That's been bastardized. Oh that's been gosh. taken away because of there's so much to gain yeah. from winning. And lastly, so we've got to get back to the book, but just on the abortion thing, it's, it's really, really funny. Um, so when the Supreme Court ruling came down, giving the state the ability to rule on their abortion 
regulations. Okay. Everybody comes out and attacks these judges, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody comes out and says, you hate women, da, 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 da. you're terrible people, you're an idiot, you got paid, whatever, whatever the attacks were, like literally like protesting at their homes. Right. It's funny, is these people that, okay, let's just say they live in a, they live in a state that allows it. How does your life change? Right. Okay. You live in a state that has said, hey, we're going to continue to allow it. Okay, now here's the, other, here's the other side that I have a question is if this is so important to you and you live in a state that like Arkansas that came out really quickly and said, hey, no more abortions in the state of Arkansas. Okay, if you live in the state of Arkansas and you really believe it, how important is that to you? Because you have the ability to drive next door to Kansas and say, I'm going to live here. But you're just going to go complain and you're going to do all this. If it's that important to you, you have the ability to go wherever you want to go. And again, I'm not saying financially you do, but like if it's really that important to you, then you have the ability to go wherever. The ruling at the Supreme Court only stated that, hey, it's the state's decision. It's not our decision. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. It's ironic because it. It, yeah, it just gave the states the ability to make their decision yeah. as opposed to a national mandate. But guess what? I Progressive, guess, hey, there's something new. Get, go get yeah. your dopamine rush by moving to another state. <laughs> yeah, I guess the counter argument is if you truly believe in something, you want everybody, if you're that hardcore into it and you're really, really passionate about it, mm -hmm. you don't want anybody to have to, like, let's just say the pr people that are pro abortion, right? I'm not saying I, I sympathize with them, I'm just saying in their minds, we don't want anybody to not be able to, to get yeah. So if you just say, well, why don't you just leave and go to another state? To them, that doesn't solve the problem because yeah. there's still states out there that yeah, are the doing problem, this. The problem that I see is, is not necessarily the people that need it. It's the physicians and nurses that have to perform it and that are forced to perform it if they're in a state right. that allows it or they get sued because if they choose not to do it. Yeah. So that's the problem. So if you're like a general physician or you're um, – you know, let's say you're OBGYN, you're someone that's qualified to, to do something like this, and you don't believe in your heart that that's that I, taking this child's life, especially where the regulations have gone on when you can abort, is you're then forced to, or you could potentially be sued or lose your license. Yeah. Like that to me is really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah and not to go on down on abortion. <laughs> yeah, sorry, here. Totally, yeah, totally yeah, we're running up against the clock here, but. I think the point is whatever you're passionate about, whether you're conservative and you're against abortion or you're a progressive and you're for abortion, it's not good enough just to say, if you're truly passionate about it, it's not good enough to just say, well, I'll just move somewhere else because you don't want it anywhere. That's the point is you don't want it to be legal anywhere. So you're going to fight for it or you want it to be legal everywhere. So you're going to fight for it. That's where the whole argument of why don't you just move. So again, that's not even near, <laughs> that's so far away from the whole point that that's not even funny. But uh, back to the book. All right, I want to take a quick minute to talk about our partner, Choctaw Casino and Resort. Uh, we are really, really humbled uh, and grateful to be a partner for them. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, uh, you've heard how great the resort is there, how great the casino is, the new expansion. They've doubled in size, 3,000 new slots. They've got unbelievable sports bar. They've got unbelievable restaurants, unbelievable movie theaters, arcades for kids. It is endless, the things that they've not only improved but added. Um, but it's just an, 
the, the experience that they provide is second to none. Choctaw Nation has done an incredible job with the community, with philanthropy, with support. Um, they have just done incredible things. So we are extremely humbled and grateful to partner with Choctaw Casino and Resort. Make sure, I know you know it, but it's just a short drive up 75. Go check them out. And now back to the episode. It talks about, you know, we, we brought up the issue of, um, you know, helping out the poor or helping mm. out people in need. How do we get there is, is, is uh, a little bit different. So it says the left-right disparity in charitable giving was described in a research report published by the Chronicle of Phil- Philanthropy. Philanthropy? Is that the right Philanthropy. word? Philanthropy. Philanthropy. <laughs> the researchers used IRS data to evaluate charitable giving by state based on how each one voted in the 2012 election. The Chronicle found that people who gave the highest percentage of their incomes lived in states that voted for Romney, while people who gave the lowest percentage of their income lived in states that voted for Obama. The differences were independent of income. Poor, rich, and middle-class conservatives all gave more than their liberal counterparts. It's interesting, isn't it? Ironic. It's interesting, isn't it? So conservatives gave more money to charitable organizations Mm -hmm. than liberals did. So... Question question on that though is I have is there is there also a study that shows who actually goes and serves? Funny you should say that. Let's keep reading. These results don't mean that conservatives care more about the poor than liberals do. Instead, liberals are more comfortable focusing on humanity rather than humans. Liberals advocate for laws that provide assistance to the poor. Compared to the charitable giving, legislation is a more hands-off approach to the problem of poverty. This reflects our often observed difference in focus. Dopaminergic people are more interested in action at a distance and planning, while people with high H&N levels tend to focus on things close at hand. In this case, the government acts as an agent of liberal, liberal compassion and also serves as a buffer between the benefactor and the beneficiary. Which is better, policy or charity? It depends on how you look at it. As one would expect, the dopaminergic approach, policy, maximizes resources that are made available to the poor. Maximizing resources is what dopamine does best. In 2012, federal, state, and local governments spent about $1 trillion on anti-poverty programs. That's approximately $20,000 for every poor person in America. Charitable giving, on the other hand, was only $360 billion. The dopaminergic approach provided almost three times as much money. On the other hand, the value of help is more, is more than dollars and cents. The here and now emotional impact of impersonal Government assistance is different from a personal connection with a church or charity. Charity is more flexible than law, so it's better able to focus on the unique needs of real individuals as opposed to abstractly defined groups. Many charities stress personal responsibility and good character as the most effective combatants of poverty. Almost everyone wants to help the poor, but depending on whether they have dopaminergic or H&N personality, they will go about it in different ways. Dopaminergic people want to, the poor to receive more help, while H&M people want to provide personal help on a one-on-one basis. That was interesting. So we had, we had someone that we used to work with. Um, one thing that he said is, you know, charity, charities need two things. They need people to volunteer and give their time. And charities also need people to volunteer and give their treasures, mm-hmm. give their money. Yep. Um, there's... there's I, I say this, uh, there's a lot of people that are willing to go give some time and volunteer some time as opposed to, okay, hey, look, 
I'm going to help fund this because this actually takes funds. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that, but I, I do feel like people are less and less willing to like go volunteer physically. There's definitely a nuance to it's a convenient yeah. excuse to yeah. say, I'm, I'm dopaminergic, so I'm just going to give money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm here now, so I'm going to go actually give my time. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, it needs both. Like sure. charities, yep. nonprofits, um, you know, service programs, they need both. Yep. And, you know, luckily people are wired to do mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter, you know, just make sure that we are doing both. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point, it does take both because they said $1 trillion and yet we still face a massive yeah, poverty that's problem. That's like 20,000. So that's, again, that's the whole like community service programs, um, you know, especially government run. Look, I've got a couple of clients that work in the government sector. Our government is beyond inefficient. Right. Like beyond. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's insane. And especially you'll get government workers going over to the private sector. And it's it's night and day. Because, again, in the government, it's like, hey, we have to spend this money. And we have to. So... In order to spend all the money, this program is going to take a little bit longer. Then we got to make it take. We got to make it take longer. It's just it's insane. And so, what what I have I struggle with, and again, it's a difference of opinion, and it's a, it's difference of execution. Is I don't want to put the onus on the government to provide support because I guarantee you that the twenty thousand dollars did not see its way to. Uh, the impoverished. The yeah. Yep. And, and you're very much a here and now driven person in this regard. Mm-hmm. You do love getting in the community. You do yeah. love actually facing and helping people face to face. And to your point earlier, if all we ever did was give money, mm-hmm. clearly that's not the answer. No. But if all we ever do is give time and nobody ever donates money, clearly that's not the answer. That's right. It said it right there. We all want the same thing. We all want to help the poor. Yeah. But we're going to go back. We need both methods. We need both approaches. Yeah. You need money and you need time. Yeah. It, my argument is, and that, well, actually, that's a dumb argument because you don't need to choose either or. But it, it, it's just so vital to have both. Yeah. Right? You have to have the money to fund it. But at the same time, you have to teach people skills. And how do you teach people skills? It's not by throwing money at them. It's mm-hmm. by getting in there and getting your hands dirty and, and, and meeting right. with them face to face. That's right. And so my takeaway from that is, yet again, another area where we could argue and bicker, and we do. Instead, let's look at it as a group, and we're going to solve this together. Yeah. You, may be, you, you go about it your way, I'll go about it my way. We're going to work together. Mm-hmm. You're going to give your money, I'm going to give my time. Yeah. We're going to solve this problem together. Yep. The problem is, in our opinion as conservatives, as more conservative-minded people, is the liberals want an outside entity to come in and solve everything for us, whereas our mentality is, no, we can solve it ourselves. Yeah, let's privatize And that's it. where the divide comes, mm-hmm. is how much involvement do these politicians get to have yeah. into this, whereas we, the people, can figure this out on our own. Mm-hmm. And that's just where we get the difference of opinion on how to approach this. So now we do get into the politicians here, and why they're so out of touch. I think you'll like he this He said one. it. I think you'll like this one. The essence of government is control. People may submit to being controlled as a result of conquest, or they may voluntarily give up some of their freedom in exchange for protection. Last two years, remind you of anything? Either way, a small number of people are given power to exert authority over the rest of the population. 
It's a dopaminergic activity because the populace is governed by, at a distance through abstract laws. Although the threat of H&M violence is used to enforce the law, most people never experience it. They submit to ideas, not physical force. Distance insulates politicians from immediate consequences of their decisions. Raise a tax, cut funding, send someone to war. The person taking home less pay, receiving less help, or hunkered down in a foxhole will rarely be in the company of the person who put them in that position, as long as that person is in Washington, D.C. There's no opportunity for h and circuits to be triggered, distress, to trigger distressing emotions that would make these decisions more difficult. So they sit there in their ivory tower in Washington, D.C., make all these laws and mandates and things, and they're not out there living day-to-day. How, that's why these term limits, in my opinion, are so important. Yes. Now, I get why you want to have a skill. Mm-hmm. I, I understand you want somebody that knows what they're doing in office, but at the same time, if somebody's been up there for the last 40 years of their life and they haven't lived like a day-to-day normal human being, mm-hmm. how are they expected to pass laws and things that are actually going to help those people? They're so out of touch with those people. They haven't yeah. lived that way ever in their entire adult life. They, in their entire career is built off of governing people. Mm-hmm. So how can you expect that person to lead the average human being? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. So I have a hard time with this. Uh, I, I'm 100% on board with you on, look, you've got to term out. You've only got so much time. This is a civil service. Um. I have a hard enough time getting through working for 12 hours. Like, and I don't have that much. I mean, or, or I really don't have that much. Okay. If I can get through, if I can get through eight things, like eight significant things in my day. Okay. I got a lot done. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine negotiating policy, writing policy, sitting in, you know, congressional hearings, sitting, all the things that they're doing. And then still having the ability to go out and actually be with the people, mm-hmm. talk to the people, live with it, as opposed to, okay, I wake up, I get to, uh, I get to the Capitol or I get to where, whatever government building I work in and I'm there and then I'm back home at dinner at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like literally it's like, that's what they do. And it's a comfort level, talking about comfort, right? They just get comfortable in that position and the decisions I make really don't come back and affect me. Yeah. 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 And, and to have some grace for them, I'm not saying I would be any different. If I was raised a certain way and I got in early at 20 years old and I spent my whole life in government, I would probably act the same way. But I think the point is, and that's why we've got to vote people in who are quote unquote normal everyday people who are just going to willing to serve for a few years and then get back out and go back to the normal life. Mm-hmm. Because they understand what it's like. Mm -hmm. These dopamine-driven politicians, they constantly want more more power, more money, more fame. And that's what's guiding their decisions as opposed to what's actually good for the people. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we've gotten to the point of it. It's, you know, Pelosi is a good example of this. She she makes a, what, $200,000 a year salary, and she's worth how many millions of dollars because of trading in the stock market. Her husband trades in the stock market and apparently is more successful than even Warren Buffett himself. I don't know. Have you heard about this? How much money they make in the stock market, her her and her husband? It's hundreds of millions of dollars that they're worth on a $200,000 a year salary Mm -hmm. because she uses that power. She uses that fame. She uses that inside knowledge to be able to get herself more power, fame, money. That dopamine is strong in that lady. And she's not the only one. I don't want to single her out. There's a lot like that. But that's the thing is when you let these people rule over your life, 
and you give them more power, you give them more fame, of course they're going to seek that out. That dopamine is going to continue them driving. It's no different than any other job. They want more. See, that dopamine keeps them pushing more. Still want to be politicians, right? If there are actual like restrictions that like come with it, right? Right. Again, term out. Um, hey, you're capped on. Look, you cannot trade while you are making policy that yep. impacts business. You cannot trade you cannot in the trade. stock market. Nor can anybody in your family that closely yes. related to you trade. Yes. Because they're, they're getting around the loophole of yeah. my husband does it. It's not me. My husband's doing it. Yeah. Well. Because <laughs> you definitely don't talk to your husband. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I agree. I, it, what I would love is I would love to see, um, I would love to see our government representatives be there for reasons when they actually think they can invoke the change that they want, as opposed to, again, self-serving interests. Yeah. And if we, if, if there's like, uh, the governor who's on, um, uh, he's on real AF, the former governor of, uh, Missouri, uh, Eric Greitens. Yeah. Yeah. So his whole thing was like, okay, listen, if you work in a government office, you cannot work in, that sector or a certain sector within so many years, right? Right. You're limited on it. See how many people sign up for it. The second he was out of office, that policy was yep. removed. Yeah. He seems to have his head on the way that we would like most people yeah. to have. Now I'm sure he's got his warts. I'm sure he's got for his sure. baggage. I'm yeah. sure nobody's perfect for sure, but he seems to have the right mentality of, yeah. Hey, I'm here for the people. I'm here to serve the people. Yeah. I'm not here to get myself rich. Yeah. And I wish we could have, more like-minded individual. They, well, I say I wish we need oh, to vote more like-minded. You could be a lobbyist right. in that. In that, yeah, right. yeah, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. So anyway, fascinating, fascinating uh, segment of this book of how you know we talk about creativity, we talk about love, but even in politics, how big of a role dopamine plays. Yeah. So in conclusion, it says, in the end, the fundamental obstacle to achieving harmony is that the liberal brain is different from the conservative brain. And that makes it difficult for them to understand each other. Because politics is an adversarial game, this lack of understanding leads to demonization of the other side. Liberals believe conservatives want to take the country back to a time when minorities were treated with gross injustice. Conservatives believe liberals want to pass repressive laws that control every aspect of their lives. In reality, the vast majority of people on both sides of the political divide want what's best for all Americans. There are exceptions, there are bad people everywhere, and it's the bad people who get all the press. They're more interesting than the good people, and they're useful as political weapons, but they don't represent the typical Democrat or Republican. Most conservatives just want to be left alone. They want the freedom to make their own decisions based on their own values. Most liberals want to help people live better lives. Their goal is for everyone to be healthier, safer, and free from discrimination. But political leaders benefit from stirring up hostility between the two groups because it strengthens the allegiance of their followers. The important thing to remember is that liberals want to help people become better. Conservatives want to let people be happy. And politicians want power. <laughs> thought that was a perfect way to wrap up that. That's good. So, Tyler, if you're a liberal and I'm a conservative, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate you. That, that, that's what they want us to do is hate each other well, they want and you, divide each they other. They want you to call me a communist right. and they want me to call you a racist. And they're doing a damn good job of it yeah. right now. It's, it's being done well to get us to divide each other. Yep. But I think the point is we do want the same thing. We're going to go about it a little different way just because that's just how we're wired. Mm-hmm. But seeing past the method and seeing the overall goal and working together to get to that goal. And if we can do that in our communities, 
and raise children that do that amongst each other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a generational change. It's not going to happen overnight. This right. didn't happen overnight. To change, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. So how are you living well, personally? What are you doing to take care of yourself? How are you raising up your kids and your family? How are you impacting your community? I think that's ultimately, you know, are you showing humility when you're having conversations with people disagree with you? Yeah. Are you trying to understand their perspective and how they get there? And then are you working together, negotiating, giving here, taking a little bit there, ultimately to have the, the one yeah. final goal? I think it's good. I mean, it's good to understand that the other people that believe different, that, that align with a different party, they're just wired different. Yep. We want the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're just wired different. Um, and they just have different methodology. And I think understanding that's important. And hopefully it creates a safe space to come to common ground to say, okay, hey, you're wired a little different. That's good. You have a different perspective. I'm wired different than you. That's good. It's a different perspective. How can we merge those together to find mm-hmm. a solution that really ultimately does serve the people the best? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get back to that. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, next week we'll talk about um, domination and creativity. So how do you dominate the world around you? And then I, I've always thought creativity was really fascinating. Where does creativity come from? So we'll learn about that a little bit next week as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. We're on Instagram at one.shot.pod. We're on YouTube, the One Shot Podcast. Um, Instagram's doing some funny things. I don't know if you've seen this lately. They're, uh, they're kind of uh, putting the kibosh on some accounts and kind of limiting the reach of others. So I say that to say, Really, the best way to grow this podcast is by you guys sharing it. Maybe not even necessarily on your, on your social media, but by texting it to a friend. Yeah. You know, because Instagram is, it seems to be limiting some things. So our reach on there may not be going as far as maybe it could have at one point. So we need your help. We need your help sharing this podcast, sending it to buddies, texting people, um, and helping us grow the show. So we appreciate you guys so much. Hope you have a great rest of the week, great weekend, and we will see you next week.